Six hours later. <laughs> Welcome to Chew the Bob with your good friend, A.A. Ryan. Hope everyone's had, having an amazing day. It is Saturday. June 24, 2023. It's funny, yesterday it was 2323, 62323. Anyway, ah, uh, your boy, uh, as much as I love the Lord and wanted to go to that prayer meeting today, uh, yeah, that did not happen. Um, I knew as soon as I laid down, it wouldn't about to be no power nap. <laughs> it was not about to be no power nap. <sighs> so. Anyway, I just, man, with the season I'm in where I'm trying to, yeah, power out and paying out these debts, I, yeah, I at least, yeah, I was telling my brother, I got to get the rest of this back child support paid off. It's like 10, like nine grand, actually. And I got, I need to, um, pay off you all my debts including my student loans and then yeah my car paid off have about 10 grand saved those are all goals for 2024 well the rest of 2023 going into 2024 i want to yeah so yeah praying folks pray for a brother I want to have all that done and own uh, like a duplex before I even consider marriage. So, yeah, we can get all that done in a year. Easy peasy. Smeezy. My kneesy. All right. Uh, is there anything else we want to share? Anything else we want to share? You got to get off our chest. It's hilarious how this podcast used to be, yeah, I used to have this whole separate podcast called Invisible Man, and I would do exactly what I'm doing right now, and just, like, talk about my day and just ramble, and, yeah, because I have, it's just easier to just ramble on here, rather than create a whole, yeah, log into my whole other podcast. I might start that one back up again, but for now... So it's going to be on Chew the Bible. Uh, what else? I'm looking forward to taking Tyler and Clarissa to church tomorrow. It's funny. I met this other young lady named Taylor yesterday. She's like 24. And... um Yeah, she said she is looking for a new church. And I was so tempted to be like, ask for a number and send her the church information and say, hey, you can ride with us. But I just told her about it. Because I was like, I already know where this is going to go. Once again, Aaron meets girl. <laughs> Aaron strikes up great conversation with young lady. Aaron text young lady she texts back sometimes 
and then the Aaron gets attached, thinking this is going to go somewhere. And then, boom, crickets, ghosted. This generation loves to ghost people. This is the ghost generation. My goodness. I can't even, like, be upset because I've... Uh, I've at least ghosted some people at least a few times. But, yeah, I don't know. It, like, already was kind of going there anyway. Like, I could tell, like, they really were just tolerating me. Like, they didn't really want to talk. <laughs> so I'm like, well... I'm going to give you your space, and if you want to talk, I don't know, there's been a couple instances, instances though, where it's a couple people just, like, trigger me really bad. They were just kind of just very weird in the conversation, and I was like, all right, I need to, like, shut this off, and I feel kind of bad because I blocked them and deleted their number, and it's like... I've learned the art of, like, just being more selective about who you give your number to. But even then, like, I've learned to, you got to let that kind of go, to. Just, like, I don't know. It's hard, like, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Like, I, I yeah, it's a challenge. It, it, yeah, it really takes the power of the Holy Spirit to do it, to love people unconditionally, and to, but also to set, like, healthy boundaries sometimes, like, I ask myself, like, what boundaries did Jesus have? Like, did we even talk about healthy boundaries? That would be just a good, like, Bible study. Or, yeah, I need to call Core Christianity and ask them, like, yeah, a question. Like, hey, would you, do you all think Jesus would have healthy boundaries? Because, like, his relationship with the disciples, I feel like the biggest boundary Jesus had, he was always praying. Like, he made sure to spend time with God away in the wilderness. That seemed to be his biggest boundary with the disciples. Yeah. With the disciples. He only had 12. Like, he only had 12 friends, 12 close friends, and one of him, one of them betrayed him. I mean, there was also women who followed him, but like, there was twelve core people that were spent the most time with him. His inner circle. So if Jesus had twelve in his inner circle, like, it just goes to show you, like, yeah, you don't have to have a bunch of friends, like, in your inner circle. Be like very selective who you let in your inner circle. I don't know how I got on that chant tangent but anyway i'm moving slowly and ready to get out of here and go pick up some folks on this lovely saturday morning turns some tricks for my uh for, for my pimp my pimps Rebu and and lift they, they get you man with these quests they're like if you do 50 trips We'll give you $80. Or I think that's what it is. Something like that. And it's like 20 bucks for another 10 trips. Lyft is only paying like 40 bucks for 40 trips. Like so a dollar per trip. Anyway. That's how they get you these little quests. 
kind of motivate it's gamifies it and motivates you to keep going anyway uh i can't stay out too late this year because you yeah, have church church is at like 10 yeah church starts at 10 o'clock and i told tyler i'll be at his place at like nine and then the other young lady uh clarissa i'll be at her place at like 9 20 or 9 15 she lives not too far from tyler and then we got to drive all the way out to Lee Summit where the curious. I was debating because there's Harmony, which is close to me. And then there, yeah. But we had a whole, me and Clarissa had a whole conversation about how she used to go to church that would put you to sleep. And yeah, Harmony will definitely put you to sleep. Nothing, I, I don't get me wrong, I do enjoy Harmony. But yeah, my daughters, the last time they were with me, they both fell asleep, both of them. Um, yeah, and like I was telling Clarissa, I was like, you're not going to fall asleep at the cure. They're lit, 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 lit. Uh, litty, litty, litty. Uh, very Pentecostal. Um, so, what else? What else is going on? Yeah, look, I can't stay out too late. So I'll probably shut it down at at least two o'clock. Maybe uh going to four AM is pushing it. Yeah, oh, three. Three is my cap. Aaron, you gotta shut it down at three. Deal? All right, break. I need at least four to five hours of sleep. That's what I got today. Got about five hours of sleep. Let's see what time. Yeah. That sleep was good, too. I slept pretty well. All right, here we go, y'all. Genesis 22, King James Version. Y'all play, pray for me, though, for real, because uh, it's weird. Even though I'm in a very vulnerable place, and... It's like it's weird how I try not to catch feelings for women that I play uh, that I'm developing like these platonic friendships with. I don't even have that many. Like I thought Ananda was gonna turn into something like that, but no, nah, I didn't. She just went ghost. Uh, and then yeah, who's on my platonic friends list right now? Christine. She's one ghost on me too. Uh, she lives in St. Louis. Helen, she lives all the way out in Washington. She's like ten years older than me, and she's just like a big sister to me. And ever since I stopped, I ended up deleting. I told I got off of Snapchat. I had to delete it. It's too much temptation. They got these like reels or videos you can watch, and it's tempting to look at the videos. Sometimes they got half naked women on them so i had to delete snapchat uh you know you can go like the stories of people and stuff i i had to delete snapchat so anyway helen and i used to talk on there just because it's easier like she doesn't have an iphone so it's easier to send audio messages to her on that 
So anyway, ever since I scaled, like deleted that, and we only text, um, we don't really text as much. I really needed to kind of like back off of that friendship anyway, because just about any woman I talk to these days, I start to catch feelings for. And it's that yeah, and I don't want to just give my heart to anybody, you know. I need to be very selective and careful who I do that with. And so anyway. So there's her, and then there's Yeti, my friend Yeti, and Josette, um, Callie. She lives near Sacramento. She's like 22 or something like that, and we've had some deep conversations in the past. She deals with mental health stuff too, and um, but it's just funny seeing like the female version of myself at times who likes at times likes to be um, very extroverted. And then other times, likes to be a recluse and not talk to anybody. Yeah, so she'll have periods of time where she'll be, like, all of a sudden want to talk, like, call me and want to talk for, like, several hours and fall asleep on the phone and all that kind of stuff. And then then I won't hear from her for, like, a whole week or two. (laughs) Or I'll text her, yeah, and then she'll, like, take a whole week to respond. So, anyway, um, so now... Clarissa, one of my former, I've picked her up one other time and taken her to work. And then I picked her up last night and we had a great conversation. I invited her to church. We started texting or whatever in between rides. I was picking up people last night. We had a great conversation. She even texted me this morning, which is always a great sign when they text you the next day or whatever. And so, um, I don't know. I just got to be careful. Got to guard my heart. Uh, so, but there's a part of me that's like starving and craving for this, this kind of communication with a woman, just a companion. I don't necessarily need a girlfriend because I already told my brother, I really don't even need to entertain like a girlfriend slash future wife until I at least have my back child support paid off. That's one of my goals, have that completely paid off. And I would like to be completely debt free. Because I don't want to take women. Yeah. Taylor, who I made last night, she, she's like, yeah, I really want to travel. And I was like, yep. Women, y'all, y'all look at us sometimes like we're the most simple creatures. It's because we are. Like, look at my, if you saw my apartment, I got folding chairs in here. And folding tables. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, all my furniture is, like, less than probably 400 yeah, $400, $500, everything, yeah, combined. I will say $1,000, because I did get some curtains. Anyway, and some other stuff few other things but i'm a simple creature i told her i would like to go visit the place i was born at in germany but if i never went there i'll be fine because the sights and sounds in heaven and yeah attractions are going to be a billion times better than anything here on earth um 
So, but yeah, a relationship is a bill. <laughs> it really is. I mean, you get some, it's an investment. I'll take that back. It's not a bill. It's an investment. And you do get some dividends out of it. But a lot of times, some relationships can be a liability more than an asset. And so you got to choose wisely. All right. Genesis 22, KJV. Offering of Isaac. And it came to pass... After these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest. Now, it's interesting that he said that because technically he does have another son in um, Ishmael. But remember, he and Ishmael got sent away with Hagar. But technically, he has two sons. But here God says, thine only son, the child of the promise. Something about that seems kind of cold. Like, what about Ishmael? <laughs> That's where I'll pop up and say, God, why you say his only son? Uh, Ishmael doesn't count anymore. He's been cut off. And he said, take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer them him. Therefore, a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. So that's a dangerous thing about. I remember, yeah, my mom. At least I never remember my mom saying this. My brother quotes it all the time. He's like, yeah, mom always says. Uh, only have have uh, your children, have your children only with one woman. I only have your children with one woman. Don't have children by multiple women. Yeah, because if you look in the Bible, every example of people who had children with multiple women, there were some issues. And um, I'm not saying that it can't be a... I mean, people do it all the time. But that's something I'm wrestling with now. Like, you know is um I'm wrestling with yeah at some point when it is time for me to I mean I'm not really wrestling with it that much right now because I'm not in a relationship but when I get in a relationship I feel like there is something that's going to be a conversation a serious conversation like hey I already got these four kids if she doesn't have kids she may possibly want to have some kids so I have to like you know at the end of the day, kids are a gift from God. God, they're God's kids, and we're just stewards. So, if it's God's will for me to get married again and have more kids, then so be it. He'll make the provision, and He will make it to where hopefully my well, not hopefully my kids won't fight all the time between them and their step siblings. All right, and there'll be peace. And there, my heart won't be divided between the kids I have with my first wife and the kids I have with my second wife. It won't be that way, because that happens sometimes. Favoritism and all that. Kind of, my shoot, my own biological, yeah, four kids I had. I say biological. My four kids I already have my former wife, first wife, and only wife. Uh, they be trying to get me on that. You, you, you had. 
they try to say my youngest daughter is my favorite and other stuff like that. Or, or you don't like me. <sighs> All right. Uh, I can only imagine it'd be like if I had more kids. But it would be cool to see my kids like babysit and interact with. If I had another child, but it's like Lord, I would need energy. That twenty-year-old energy I used to have when I used to work like three, four jobs and go to school. All right, and Abraham rose up early in the morning. It was that early in the morning thing? And saddled his ass. Hey, the Bible said it. I didn't say it. And took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still stuck on the A word. Uh, so juvenile sometimes. All right, all these little thoughts come through my head, and I have to just cast them down. <laughs> Things I could say, but nope, ain't gonna say that. Uh, verse four, and then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw, oh, let's back it up, let's back it up. And he claved the wood for the burnt offering. He gathered up the wood of the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. See, I think it's cool when I hear parts like that, like, he went to the place where God told him. It's like sometime I like I don't think I've ever really heard the audible voice of God other than like times where I've been in trouble or close to danger and I feel like God was like get out of there. Or I get these little intuitions to do this or do that, these hunches to go here, go there, not go. And so I love to see this kind of stuff where it's like Abraham was told to go somewhere he went like it was clear directions sometimes like part of me there's a part of me that wishes I heard clear directions from the Lord like that but there's other part of me that kind of is I'm glad that I don't only really hear that clearly um about stuff like that because then if I don't want to go and I don't go then I, yeah, I, that would be a hard conversation to have a guy, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, being held responsible for that kind of stuff. Um, but hey, guy, i sorry, but I really didn't hear that clearly from you. And then there's sometimes I'm like, I've heard people say, like, there's all these, like, books and things you can read about, like, how to hear the voice of God more clearly. And for me personally, God's word speaks the clearest to me. That's why that way I know it's not my intuition or my flesh. Scripture is the clearest voice of God I've ever heard in my life. And there's a lot of good stuff in there that will help you like make good decisions. Wise decisions. The more you read it and are have your mind transformed by it. <clears throat> that's why that one scripture says you got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind daily. Anyway, be not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed. Then on the verse four, then on the third day, it goes the third day, 
There's a group called Third Day. Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young man, Abide ye here with the ass. <laughs> and I and the lad will go and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Now, all right, every time I read this part, it always blows my mind. Cause all right, spoiler alert. A God basically tells Abraham to take this wood and fire and all this stuff. And uh no, is there a fire? Yeah, I think there's a fire. Something like that. We'll read it here in a minute. I forgot how the story goes. Anyway, he basically tells Abraham to kill his son Isaac, the son that he loves. And it's all like a foreshadowing and like a, yeah, foreshadowing to Jesus and God, God who sacrifices only begotten son. So yeah, God tells Abraham to go up this mountain, climb up there with his son, his, his son that he loves the most, uh, that he is yeah, only son, <laughs> in quotes. And um, Ishmael doesn't count. And yeah, kill him. To show, yeah, as like a sacrifice, show how much you love me, how much, yeah, your devotion to me. And it's interesting because Malik was like this god of like, that people would sacrifice kid children to. And to me, when I see this story, it's kind of like a, a mocking of Malik. I don't even think we've talked about Malik yet. He's going to come up, too, at some point. But anyway. And then, yeah. God says, stop. Don't kill your son, Isaac. And yeah, this ram comes out of the bush or something like that. Yeah, he, God talks him through the, burn, is it through the burning bush. I might be getting my stories mixed up. And yeah, he provides a ram to sacrifice instead of his son. Let's just read the story. But where's I going with that? I always pause right here because look at it. And Abraham said unto his young men, yeah, his servants, these people that are with him at the bottom of the mountain, they're like, abide ye here with the ass and I and the lad. I, not just me. He says, I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. So. It's like. A Abraham knew. Because I got to look and see. Did, did Abraham. My questions are okay. Did Abraham know that he was about to sacrifice his son? I believe he did. Yeah. Because why else would he be taking this wood? and a knife and all that kind of stuff. And so in my mind, if I'm reading this correctly, I need to go read some commentary. This would be a good question. Did Abraham, I believe, knew that he's about to kill his son, right? And then sacrifice him to God. And then, but he also knew that God wouldn't really let him, like actually let him do that. Like wink, wink. God, you, you ain't gonna really have it. You just gonna have me go through all the motions of this. So it makes for a cool story for everybody, all of Christian history. And a point to you to foreshadow Jesus, right? <laughs> you ain't really going to have me kill my son. Because look, he tells him like, hey, me and my son will be back. Because if he really thought God was going to have him kill his son, he would have said, uh, I'll be back. And he would have been crying and like, 
volunteers. If you put me in the same situation, like God is like, Aaron, take your your son Aiden, my older son, or any of my kids, any of my kids today, you know, kill him, sacrifice him, show me your devotion. I'll be weeping and crying. And I wouldn't be telling the people that are with me, my my posse, like, hey, um, me and my child will be back. I'd be like, I'll be back. And I'll be crying. I'll say, like, oh, I'll be back. <laughs> anyway. All right. In Abraham, verse 6, And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here I am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Okay, so he doesn't know. He doesn't know that he's about to sacrifice his son. Okay, that may, that helps out a little bit. Because he's, because yeah, Abraham is clueless. He's like, hey, we got the fire, we got the wood, uh, this burnt offering you want. Where is the sacrifice? And a, and Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound. Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Now, alright. See, now this makes me think that he didn't know that he was going to sacrifice his son. Because he's it's almost like that question was like, God, you're not going to really have me sacrifice Isaac. So where's this lamb at? Quit playing, God. Yeah, that's how I read that. I don't know. This is kind of confusing. I'm going to have to go back and read this slowly. I'll look at some commentary about this. All right. Verse 10. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. I can only imagine. In the angel, verse 11, and the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham! Abraham. And he said, Here I am. Here am I. No, here am I. That's more Shakespearean. And he said, Hey, I'm just playing. Just playing, man. Just playing. You ain't got to kill your son. Drop that knife. Drop the knife. He knocked the knife out of his hand. <laughs> no, that's not how it went. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. Once again, there goes that thy only son. It's like, what about Ishmael? <laughs> oh, man. Now that I know thou fearest God. So what I gather from this is like, God will test you. To see how devoted you are to him. Like how much you really fear him and love him. And he will do some extreme things to test your devotion to him. To see, yeah, if you love him for who he is and not for what he can do for you. 
Verse 13. Yeah, and the very, yeah, other thing too is like, this is the child of the promise. This is the child that he had waited a hundred years to get. In the a hundred years, imagine. Think of something that you waited five years for. Like say, yeah, you always wanted a house, right? Beautiful home, a dream home. Like you wrote this whole thing down, like to the T, detail, like everything you want in the house, what you want to look like. How many bathrooms, how many bedrooms, like a pool in the back, basketball court, how many acres. And God gives it to you. He blesses you with this house, right? And then like that same year, literally that same year, God is like, um, yeah, homeboy, hey, hey partner, I want you to uh, get a house up. I want you to give it to so-and-so at your church, you know? And like, not just, not just like, let them live with you. I want you to actually like, I want you to leave and go somewhere else. Even if you got to go rent somewhere, go stay in a hotel or live with some family. I want you to give up that house. Let somebody else live and let them have it. Like not just like, and let's say it's a paid off house. Like let's say this house is, you pay cash for this thing. And God is like, all right, homeboy, get a house, give it up. Would you do it? Or, yeah, let's do something easier, like a car. This analogy is a little bit easier with, with objects versus, like, people. Um, oh, we could do that with the wife. We'll do that in that third example last. All right, so with a car, let's say you have the dream car. Hmm, what is my dream car? I'm kind of simple. I kind of like a... I don't even really know what my dream. Right now, kind of like a Nissan Pathfinder, right? A bigger vehicle for my kids. So, I guess I mean, it's not necessarily be my dream car, but if I got one, it'd be nice. So, let's say, oh no, a Honda Pilot. Yeah, so the third row. Let's say God somehow I was blessed with a brand new Honda Pilot. Um, paid for cash. And God is like, hey, um, hey, Aaron, I need you to come up off of that Honda Pot. I want you to give it to so-and-so. Would you do it? All right, third example. Let's say, yeah, guy, you've been waiting for that spouse. And they are fine. Fine as wine, right? It's gorgeous. And uh, you've been waiting five years for this this wife, right? God gives it, gives it to you, gives her or him to you, whatever. I'm going to say her because I'm a guy. And, uh, yeah, I only want to be with a woman because that's how God designed us, to be with women, not of the same sex. Some of y'all can get mad at what I just said, but, hey, that's the way it is. That's just the way it is. Take it up with God. All right. Uh, so, yeah. God gives gives me that wife five years. It's been five years waiting on it. Let's say it's been ten years waiting on this woman. And God is like, um, yeah, homeboy, uh, I want you to stop talking to her for a whole year. Like what? But God, this is finally like the woman I'm about to marry. This is the one. 
Hey, why, guy? Hold on a second. And then a year later, he's like, I just wanted to, you know, or just like a few months later, like, hey, all right, you can go get her. You can go talk to her. I just wanted to make sure you loved her. I mean, you loved me. <laughs> See, you loved me more than you loved her. That she wouldn't take your heart. That I would always have your heart. It's interesting, too, because, all right, let me break this up. Uh, I say I'm so used to saying that phrase to my brother on WhatsApp and break this up, meaning I usually do a whole separate message. Wow. Um, not break this up. Let me pivot real quick and then come back to the scripture. So I was listening to um this Father Day Father's Day special recording by Tony Evans I'm talking about his father's legacy. And one of the things he says, like his dad got radically saved in like age 30. And when he got saved and wasn't just like playing church or yeah, he got serious about being a Christian and he was consistently reading his Bible, worshiping, praying, you know, witnessing to people. And his wife at the time, she didn't have the same radical experience as him which is wild because i witnessed kind of the same thing in my home growing up um i kind of just out of observation not saying my mom is less of a christian at all it's just like her experience her conversion experience out of religion into a relationship was not as it didn't seem as intense as my dad's my dad's a little bit more intense and radical, right? So just from the outside looking in. Um, and so anyway, Tony Evans is talking about his dad and just how his mom was like kind of upset with him like and was constantly kind of like mocking his newfound relationship with Jesus and got, well, yeah, would make comments and stuff. And then eventually she came around, like, eventually she came around to stop mocking him, whatever. And it just goes to show you, like, yeah, it got pretty bad to the point where he could have probably, like, things could have got bad. They could have divorced each other, but he stuck it out. He didn't run. And, um, like, I did. I don't know. I I listen to sermons like that, like, man. If I could turn back the hands of time. It's like, all you got to do is just not run, fellas. Your, your marriages, I'm here to tell you, your marriages are going to go in relationships. Marriages are going to go through tough times, even really dark times. They can't, they can't, they don't have to, but they, a lot of times they will. Because Satan hates marriage. The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And um, he's always lurking. Like a roaring lion seeking who can, which marriage he can devour, which spouse in the relationship he can take out. And so if y'all can just stick it out, just stick it out. Just after you've done all you can, just stand, just stand, just stand. Don't run. Don't stop believing. Yeah, just stick it out. Stick it out. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. And if you can just stick it out, I promise you, it's going to get better. And your marriage will be 
even better, a thousand times better than it was in the beginning. So, yes, but my whole point, everything I was saying. All right, one other example. If you look, we're going to read about Hannah, one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And she finally gets this baby Samuel that she's been crying out, crying out so hard and loud to the point where old dude, Levi, I think it was his name, thought she was drunk, right? She finally gets Samuel. But she dedicates Samuel to the to work in the temple. Like she basically gives him away after she has the baby and weans him off of her breast milk. Yeah, she gives him to like go work in the temple service. And it's like, I'm pretty sure, you know, you ever met like a, a mama's boy? And these moms, yeah, these single moms that be having like one son and like they be sleeping in the bed with their son and stuff. I need to stop doing that because y'all going to mess it up for the dude that comes in your life if God send you one. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, these mama's boys, yeah, like, and uh, not knocking the mama's boys. Sometimes I wish I was a mama's boy. I was the baby who didn't get baby. Uh, I was showing tough love. I love you, mom. But yeah, all right, so where's it going with that? Yes, she was willing to give away the very thing she had cried out to the Lord for. And... I keep saying this over and over again, like one of the biggest lessons from this story and just the gospel, the like God desires a relationship with us. I was listening to this other podcast, Core Christianity, they were talking about um, this guy was like asking, like, are the creation stories that I'm reading about in history? Like, you know, in school, you learn about all these different creation stories, like in Gilgamesh and about all these little G's, these little gods. And like, you learn about the, Bhagavad Gita and all them like Indian Hindu gods and all that kind of stuff. All these different creation stories and Greek mythology. Creation stories. He's like, are those stories the same as um, the creation story in the Bible? He, they, the guy was like, no. In fact, there's a book he suggested. Let me see if I can find the book. I'm going to share it real fast. Um, the book is called... One second, y'all. I know what's in here. Took a screenshot. Darn it. Do-do-do. I think I have a window up with it. Scrolling, 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 scrolling. Come on, man. All right, one second, y'all. Maybe I wrote a note about it. this up. All right, photos. One second, y'all. Bear with me. It'll be worth the wait. Promise. Kill.
Man, I thought I took a screenshot. Um, alright, let's do this. Here it goes. Found it. It's called The Unfolding Word, The Story of the Bible from Creation to New Creation. Zach Keel. I'm going to send this to my stepdad. And to my stepbrother. Uh, all right, where? Let me. Sorry, um, I get distracted sometimes. Boom. And then where's my stepdad? Paul. There you go. Oh, but he spells. He spells his name without the e, but I think it's all the same. Why do I have Trey's name with the an E and then Paul's name without the E? I don't know. I'll figure that out later. All right. So I think it is with an E. So, yeah, y'all can check out that book. But basically, the what the guy said on Court Christianity, um, can't think of his name, Adrian, Adrian Sanchez. I think that's this the main host. He was basically saying the biggest difference between this creation story in our Bible in the all these other little creation stories about these little gods is all the other gods is kind of like man is like this man's man is like this joke of a of man or men are made always like jokes of and like these gods are always like doing mean things and vindictive and um crazy things to mock humans or whatever there's no like real like true relationship between these little gods and the humans versus like the god of the universe that we read about in the bible of all creation he loves us there he desires to have a relationship with us and um i'm actually going to check out that book at some point so add it to my list of books to read but um Yeah. Where was I going with that? God desires to have a relationship with each and every one of us, an intimate relationship. And he's a jealous, he's like a jealous wife. He won't, it's like he won't control us, but he does do these things to like woo us and make it to where we desire him more than anything. And anything that you put in front of him, like you make an idol, you can make a wife an idol, you can make a car an idol, you can make a job an idol, you can make your kids an idol, you can make your career, you can make sports, you can make entertainment, all these things idols. And he, especially if you're a Christian, he will remove your idols. Which sometimes I get in this philosophical debate because it's like, okay, if we're not robots and we have free will, do we really have free will? <laughs> it's like, how much free will do we actually have, guy? Like, honestly, because the alternatives suck. And he pretty much designed the world to make it to where you come to the end of yourself and you realize the alternatives suck. Worshiping all these things, giving all these other things, your time, your talent, your treasure, 
and your your mental focus yeah it compare it pales in comparison to giving your time talent treasure mental focus to jesus to god yeah anyway how much time do we got left All right, we got 12 minutes, y'all, to close this up. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his thorns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this earth, Jehovah-Yireh. I think that's the right way to pronounce it. But I've all, everybody says Jireh, so there you go, Jireh it is. It's funny when something gets mispronounced and then everybody follows along with it and then it just sticks, even though it's not the correct way. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, not including Ishmael, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. So when God says, my sheep know my voice, that's a good prayer. It's like, Lord, Help me to clearly hear your voice and not just clearly hear it. But when I hear a voice, help me to obey it the way Abraham did. That's a good prayer right there. So Abraham returned unto his young men and they rose up and went together to Beersheba. And Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. And it came to pass after these things that it was told Abraham, saying, Behold, Milcah, she hath also born children unto thy brother Nahor. Who's his firstborn in booze <laughs> or buzz, huzz and buzz? I like to say, even though it's, it seems like it would be two Z's if that's how you said it. I just like to say it that way. Huzz, his firstborn, and buzz, his brother, and Camille, the father of Aram, and Chesed, and Hazo, and Pildash, and Jitlaf, and Bethuel, and Bethuel begat Rebekah. These eight. Milcah did bear to Naor, Abraham's brother, and his concubine, whose name was Reuma. She bare also Teba, and Gaham, and Thahash, and Maka. Now, all those names, remember the name Rebecca. That's the most important name. Because, spoiler alert, that's going to be Isaac's future wife. Beautiful Rebecca. Heavenly Father, thank you for this word. Thank you for all that you've done. I pray for a special blessing for anybody that went through all my ramblings and listened to this podcast to the very end. Pray that you, uh, yeah, you uh, give them double for their trouble. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Lord, help us to hear your voice clearly because you say in word that your sheep know your voice. You said, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Uh, Lord, help us to not be like Jonah. Like when we hear clear commands, your clear 
instructions help us to actually obey them with a happy heart without grumbling and complaining and help us distinguish like your voice from the voice of the enemy and the voice of our flesh in jesus my name i pray jesus mighty precious name i pray and jesus mighty precious name i pray amen i love that name precious precious I vaguely remember watching that movie, Precious. I don't think I made it through the whole thing. If I did, I think I fell asleep. Precious. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Love y'all. Appreciate y'all. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Now I'm about to get to this money. Let's get to this money. Let's get to this money. (laughs) Gotta pay all this debt, man. God. Oh, man. Sometimes... I'm just going to say this real quick. Sometimes, like, I do feel like I have made Rebu and lift my idol sometimes. And it's like, God, if you don't want me doing Rebu and idol and uh, Rebu and lift anymore or as much, I need a miracle, man. I need a ram. Yeah, I'm throwing another pair of Lord. If you don't want me doing this anymore, and I'm pretty sure you don't. Because I don't. And you know the desires of my heart. I need a ram in a bush, Lord. I need an alternative way to make money that, yeah. I need a ram in a bush. I need a windfall or something. A new opportunity, preferably that doesn't require me to go to a nine-to-five job. I need a ram in the bush. Ram in the bush. Ram in the bush. Ah, oh, I never. I didn't tell my ram in the bush story. Real quick. How much time we got? So, real quick, um, this is 2018, 17, somewhere around there, like right around the time, before, this is before my divorce, but my former wife and I were separated at the time, and I was living with my mom, I think, but I still have my storage unit way out in Lee Summit, and um, yeah, and hadn't gotten broken into yet, so I had all these printers, that I had, right, that I had moved out of my, our duplex that we had while, you know, and then moved into a storage unit. And I was like, all right, I just got to liquidate these printers. And it's funny because I had a conversation with my uncle. He was giving me some advice. My uncle Alonzo, he's giving me some advice. Um, Yeah, for, for in the future reference, I have this uncle named Alonzo Wilkerson. He was my dad's army buddy he's not really technically my uncle but we called him uncle alonzo anyway that's kind of stuff that happens when with army buddies they're like brothers it's like i was true brotherhood and so yeah and to this day my brother and i we talked to my uncle alonzo almost like every day and so uh especially since my dad passed we talked to him even more he's like he's always been like a father figure to us and so where am I going with this? All right. So Uncle Alonzo was like, hey, Aaron, just stay focused to stay out of trouble. Get two jobs if you have to yeah, to help you. Yeah, just work, work to take your mind off of all the stuff going on. And uh, anyway, and then he said something somehow in the conversation. I remember him saying something about God always provides a ram in the bush that stood out to me. So fast forward a few days later, I'm out of my storage unit out on Lee Summit, and there's this 
guy who I met on eBay or Craigslist who was from Nigeria. Oh, no, that was a different story. Yeah, there was a guy from Nigeria who bought a bunch of my printers, like at least 10 or 12 of them, and he shipped them all to uh to Nigeria, the old school that he went to as a kid. They grew up going to as a child. But then there was other guys, they bought about like three printers from me, or two or three printers. I think it was two printers. Anyway, it doesn't matter. They bought some printers from me. They, I think I met them on like eBay or Craigslist too. And when they pulled up, guess what vehicle they pulled up in? A Dodge Ram. I think it was a blue Dodge Ram pickup. Yeah, big old Dodge Ram. Some of y'all don't think that story is like significant or interesting. But every time I think of Ram in the Bush, I think of that situation where God provided these dudes, these two white dudes, pulled up in a Dodge Ram to buy, Ram to buy some printers from me out of my storage unit. So, Lord. You've done, you've provided so many rams in the bushes for us, seen and unseen, acknowledge and unlike, sometimes we don't even acknowledge it. So we just thank you for all the rams in the bushes you provided for us. And Lord, we look forward to you doing that again. And when you do provide the ram, pray that we would continue to seek your face and not your hand, and that we would have a deeper love and appreciation and deeper intimacy with you in jesus mighty name precious name i pray in jesus mighty precious name precious name i pray amen all right god bless y'all thanks for listening i'll let you later romans three twenty three says for all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of god or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death, or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us, or showed his love toward us, in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will, not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God, and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody or everybody, who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you've never asked Jesus into your heart or you've walked away from him and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty precious name I pray. Amen.